lies on the other side of sleep. For 40% off a Calm premium subscription, go to calm.com slash LJ. That's calm.com slash LJ. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Louisiana Army National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Sarah Spain. She is resigning now in this moment because she has been proven to have failed all of those girls. And me, Jason Fitz, are Spain and Fitz. We are back. College football has built into it nostalgia. Sarah Spain. A connection to a community. This will not have that. Jason Fitz. He is, when he is healthy, considered to be one of the great young pieces in the game. Spain and Fitz returns weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It is hour number three. Marlon Favorite will join us at 2.15. Get his take on the win by the LSU Tigers on Saturday night. In exciting fashion as Coach O goes off into the Gulf Coast sunset, headed to Destin on Sunday. And I, he said, come hang out with me. Come see me. To reporters. I guess Tiger fans, if you want to go hang out with him, they're probably fun on the beach, huh? <laughs> anyway, who's your head coach? Tiger fans, I've asked you that throughout the show. 800-998-1003. Feel free. To also send me a GIF as to how you feel about your confidence level for this Thursday night's game. Saints and the Cowboys. Jay Fowl just sent a GIF. And it's, um, anyway, there's always next year. Right, Pops? Can't think of his name. The actor that played Kylo Ren. He's singing. Um, so you can send us that. Who that in Tennessee? Eh. Is it Johnny Knoxville? That that is? Who that in Tennessee? And it's his right hand kind of doing a maybe, not so much hand gesture, confidence level. I'm actually confident. A, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram were back at practice. That's a help. Ryan Ramchek was back at practice. That's a help. And Taysom Hill. That's a help. You think I just I saw, I saw the game in it, and of course, it had to be that game to bring back Drew Brees, huh? I mean, it had to be that game to bring back Drew Brees. What a shame! <laughs> he was pumped up, man. He, I don't know if you saw the video right before to uh, the game. Adam Nay, photographer for Channel Four, he uh, he posted a video of Drew kind of getting ready to go on for NBC from the field. And you just saw him looking around the dome, I guess, is when everyone's starting to fill in. He has the he's kind of biting the lip, kind of trying not to be emotional. You could just see it. It's absolutely eating him. His head wants to absolutely still be playing. That Manning cast. 
that they did state Seattle. I mean, he was <laughs> he's just man. He was seeing things on the field like throw it there, do this, come on. It was just it was just it was it was interesting just to watch him um before the game there. And if you watched any of the videos from local TV putting on there, man, it's you could absolutely tell he just desperately wanted to get back in, huh? And play. Body just doesn't have it anymore though. So oh, here's what it is. So we're talking a little bit with Coach Payton about uh the Cowboys and his thoughts on Dallas and what he had to say about it. We played it a little bit already. You see the speed on tape. I think they're getting a lot of takeaways defensively. Uh, I think they do a great job with their rush and coverage plans relative to who they're playing. Um, offensively, <coughs> I think, look, they, they've got really good balance when they run the ball. When they run the ball for 100 yards or more, they're an unbeaten team this year. they got explosive players at the receiver position. They have a quarterback who's uh, playing at an outstanding level uh, and one of the better offensive lines we've, we've faced. So, um, you know, the, the first impressions when you when you watch them is their talent, their coaching. Uh, defensively, you know, Dan's done a great job in his first year, you know, getting that group to play fast, play hard. Um, they really get after the passer, and you have to defend a lot uh, when you see their offense. And little Jordan Humphrey was made available yesterday, and he was asked, okay, what has this year sort of been like? Not that many Saints fans don't know. Um, just a lot of work. Um, just trying to be the best player I can possibly be um, and just so I can get on the field, stay on the field, and kind of find my role for the team. And, yeah, that's kind of how it's been, just grinding, trying to find my way. And obviously how his role has changed by the week. I mean – I feel like I'm an even kill guy. You just stay the same. Like not everything's gonna go your way all the time. So just it's always just about just going out there, working my butt off, and just staying ready, staying ready, just in case I I do get the coach does call me up and be able to play. So I'm just trying to stay ready. One of the other things that uh, Teron Armstead mentioned yesterday as well is how's the hot, uh, locker room holding together? It's not very often, or really trying to think four in a row, right? I mean. You don't see a lot of consecutive losses, let's be honest, by the Saints. So what's the vibe in the locker room? Uh, just just got to get back to ourselves, really. You know, get back to having fun, bringing that energy. Uh, and that's that's really the, the biggest biggest difference, you know, getting this this bad vibe, that bad energy, that, that losing brains, getting that out of, the, out of the system, out of our environment, you know. So uh, that's really that's really it. That's the message. Bring the, bring the energy back, bring the, you know, the love, the, the – passion all those good things uh a lot of positive things come from that one of the other aspects that he touched on as well teron armstead was touching on some of the things that they have to do to kind of improve and get better just responsibility wise i mean we, we try to we look to take the responsibility of it all honestly uh we try to we try to go in and impose our will establish a run game it's hard to Hard to get off as a game plan going. You can't you can't get some sense of run game, you know. So that's challenging. That's that makes it really hard on the offense. So uh, it's on us to to be able to produce uh, open lanes, uh, you know, make plays. You know, all I got to start making plays. One of the things you also in the game, if you were watching the broadcast, you heard Drew Brees touch on. You know, you don't see the same amount of rhythm, 
and things on the offense. Again, it's, it's hard when you don't have the same receivers, quarterback, line, all of that, and then you add the lack of experience in this offense. I mean, it makes sense. Armstead's take on it. It's different. It's different. Uh, I think Eric McCoy has done a, an exception, exceptional job taking on that responsibility, uh, which is a you know it's a big added responsibility that he's that he's implemented into his game. Uh, it's different, man. The tempo is different. The rhythm is different. But we uh, can't allow it to be um, noticeable or be uh, a negative to, to to what we're trying to do. I think the tempo wasn't. It wasn't the problem. I think we lined up, got our got our play call, and, and, and went rolling. Um, execution has got to be, you know, a lot better, a lot more sharp. So I think one one of the things that I think will help, obviously, is a just trying to get the best players you can on the field. B, have them healthy. And C, they all got to do it for more than a game. More snaps that you can play, the better. It's just, I don't know. I just look at it and it, it just, it's kind of one of those things. I, I i don't know what else you would expect, right? Like, what else do you expect to see from this team? Now, the Cowboys are nicked up a bit. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott kind of looks like they're going to rust that knee on Thursday. And then you have the COVID situations. They're going to miss some staff members. Head coach Mike McCarthy already ruled out. And he's not going to coach on Thursday I mean, we all saw firsthand when the Saints were hit with COVID and injuries, how that affected, right? Their game against Carolina. I mean, it it's going to affect them somehow, some way. You would think. You would think. The other thing that we touched on again, of course, as the news over the weekend and yesterday, really, Lincoln Riley to USC, Billy Napier to Florida, um, just thoughts all the way around the pressure already on Riley. Here's Keyshawn Johnson this morning. What does Lincoln Riley need to do in sunny LA? Win the Pac-12, beat UCLA and Notre Dame, and then we go from there. So you're saying all that first year? 100%. Okay. Mm. This ain't no rebuild. Right. This is not a rebuild. This is a reset. What I love talent about Talent is there. What I love about We got about plenty it. of talent. Got to coach it up. Okay. So that's... Kind of what you're looking at from that perspective. Also, Paul Feinbaum on the Lincoln Riley ran from the SEC. As you know, Oklahoma is coming to the SEC. Running from the SEC. A lot of my friends down south are are, are suggesting that. I, I don't I don't I don't subscribe to that. I think Lincoln Riley is a good enough coach where he could win in the SEC, he could win in the Pac twelve. He is at that level. He's elite. I, I do think it's easier though, and, and quite frankly, after after several years in Oklahoma, he's gone to the playoffs three times. I don't, he has gotten there, but, but he's just seemed like they were incapable of getting over the hump, meaning get a good enough defense that they could, they could hang with an LSU or a Georgia or an Alabama, the three schools that they've lost to in, in the playoffs. And I just think he was looking for something else. I, I, we all know he's, he's flirted with the NFL, and I just think Southern Cal is so attractive. Uh, this is uh, this certainly isn't a knock on where he was because it's one of the premier college football programs of all time, but so is Southern Cal. And Southern Cal, quite frankly, ranks a little bit higher than Oklahoma on the college football food chain. All right. Dan Arlovsky, ESPN, his thoughts on Riley to USC. Yes, it's the biggest college football hire since Nick Saban. You get to sit with college coaches and you talk with them and you get – you. You could sometimes walk out and you go, that dude's different. 
Lincoln Riley. The first time I sat down and talked with him, I said, that guy's different. Well, well there you go. Maybe that's why so many LSU fans uh, wanted that to happen, right? So 800-998-1003, again, looking for your thoughts as to who you would like to see be the head coach of the Tigers. And we had Wilson Alexander on earlier, Larry on as well, and I asked them their thoughts as to whether or not it's somebody that we haven't heard name-wise. Could they be playing in a game this weekend? And they're just waiting for that. And again, I just find that, look, I'm not going to say interesting in, in this aspect of it that I think it is rare, but with the timing aspect, and again, December 15th is the early signing period. December 15th, early signing period. To have somebody in place before then, Billy Napier, Lincoln Riley, announced yesterday. And Napier's got a title game. Now, Oklahoma doesn't. They're not playing in the Big 12 title game. Coach Napier is. So, again, whether or not you're looking at it as, hey, could it affect or be a distraction, maybe he thought, again, personally, it might be best to get rid of it now. People talk about it yesterday, today, and now he can focus on the game instead of being asked about it, instead of his players being asked where he's going or whatever. But the games this weekend, you got the Conference USA Championship, Western Kentucky at 22nd ranked UTSA. Number 11, Oregon taking on number 19, Utah, Pac-12 Championship. Oklahoma State, because of that win, taking on Baylor. Dave Aranda, your guy. MAC championship is Kent State and Northern Illinois. The Mountain West championship game, Utah State, San Diego State. Coach Napier and his Cajuns, 230 ESPN App State at Louisiana. And they won their 11th game in a row over the weekend. 3 o'clock over on CBS, number one Georgia, number three Alabama. To me, it's simple in this game. If they can't get Robinson healthy, it looked like he was grabbing his hamstring, even though all the broadcasters kept saying it was his ankle. You clearly see him reach up behind his left hamstring. Uh, him, and it depends. Do they have to sit out the first half because of a targeting call when they lost their top receiver? Houston, Cincinnati, 3 o'clock over on ABC. That's the American Athletic Conference Championship. Michigan, Iowa, the Big Ten Championship at 7 on Fox. And those are your championship games. The ACC, it's Pitt and Wake Forest, who had those two teams playing at 7 o'clock on ABC. Marlon Favorites, next on ESPN New Orleans. Sports betting is coming to Louisiana, and there's no better place to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook. To celebrate, we're giving you $100 in free site credit when you register early. That's right. Register and verify now, and you'll receive a free $100 bonus when we're live. FanDuel Sportsbook is safe, secure, and 100% legal and regulated. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great offers. And when you win, you'll get paid in as little as two hours. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and register now to get $100 in free site credit.
Must be 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Bonus issued a non-withdrawable site credit that expires seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Louisiana. Go live date. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Hey, hey, my friends. It's Dana DeFran Freelo here. Just wanted to reach out to you that our Golden Motors are here and ready to help you take care of you and your family's vehicle needs. We have new inventory arriving daily. Check us out 24-7 at goldenmotors.com. Give us a call at 985-325-1000 or stop by and let myself or one of our awesome team members take care of you and get one less worry off your shoulders. Always remember, price is priority. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. Talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Welcome back Sports Hangover 800-998-1003. Marlon Favorite will join him here in a quick second um, as he will tell us his thoughts as to what LSU should do or what he's hearing from the grapevine on there as well. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Daniel Salerson. He will join us to talk Pell's basketball, take on the Clippers tonight, 9.30, 9 o'clock is the pregame. So we can talk to him a little bit about that here. And also, look, splitting those two games this week, we should know a lot more. Zion's first full practice with the team and all of that and more. Marlon Favorite, thank you for joining us, sir. Uh, at Big Fave, 504 is the way to follow over on Twitter. And, of course, the podcast, Inside the Trenches. Marlon, how are you? All is well today, Gus, man. Just uh, enjoying the cool Monday. It started off a little cool, but, you know, for the most part, good weekend. All right, dude. I want to know what you felt like when you heard this. Bringing up the backers near the line. Here's the snap to Johnson. Here comes the blitz. Throws it one-on-one. Looking downfield. Caught! Jeray Jenkins at the six. Into the end zone. Touchdown! Fighting Tigers! He took the right pylon with him. Marlon, look, man, you've been involved in big games, big moments, obviously, with stuff on the line or just nice wins, man. I hear Chris Blair's call on the LSU Sports Radio Network, and it just kind of took me back to, you know, when I was a kid, my dad went there, we'd listen to games, and then it went about national championships, just a big win, uh, and, 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 and moments like that, cause you sort of remember. That, I think that was special for those group of guys to go out there and get that win against, let's be honest, the team that beat Bama, a coach that many thought would come to LSU, all of that, right? Yeah, it was it was a team win. It was a win that there are no moral victories in football, and a moral victory for LSU is being in a college football playoffs or going to a really great bowl game. No, this shows us a team of resilience. Guys that said we're not going to give up <clears throat> despite all of the issues that we're having. Um, no, no, no. Despite a lot of the issues that we're having um, on our team, my coach is fired in the middle of the season. 
they took all of those elements and threw them out of the window and put together a win. Let's be honest. We look at these last few LSU games, three or four games, um, Alabama, Ole Miss, Texas A&M. So for you to beat Texas A&M, badly lose to Bama, and, and just finish the way you did, it speaks volumes about not only the character of the coaches, you know, the guys that don't know their future as well, but the players to just go out and finish. Mm-hmm. Um, look, in that play, Marlon, I kind of talked to you a little bit about it earlier this morning off the air. So Max Johnson throws the game-winning TD. I opened the show with it. And, I, I look, I understand every fan base does this. So I'm not just picking or saying that it's just LSU's fan base. And I understand that position. Quarterback is one where they love you before you take the snap. They love you at the anticipation of what it'll be when you take the snaps. But then if you don't make good snaps, they want the next one. And I get that. But, man, I'm watching that game in particular. And Max Johnson's taken a lot of grief this year. And... In particular, you and I have talked about, and I've heard you on the post game talk about the lack of a run game consistently, the offensive line play, the play calling, all of that. You and I have talked on the air. He looks different than the quarterback we saw last year beat Florida and all of that. And on that play, literally before that, there's some members of the LSU media and some fans that are just absolutely crushing the kid. Terrible. He just He's just not it. He's not that guy. Can't wait for... Nussmeyer, Trant, whatever. And he throws an absolute dime while getting killed again in the game. Like, that fourth quarter, I don't know, Marlon, with that six sacks, I mean, like, he was getting pummeled. And I don't get it. You're a player. I mean, I and, and a guy that now covers the team from a media perspective. Why? Is that just me maybe just kind of focusing on, on, on a player in particular? And I, I just think he's getting the raw end of the deal from fans. Cause I said this before to you, I can't make a fair judgment on the guy until I get him somewhat of an offensive line in run game and a decent play caller. Like I can't make that judgment. Yeah, I guess you see the difference. And it, I can imagine it's been a very frustrating year for Max. You know, you start the year off competing with, uh, Miles Brennan for, some playing time or starting position, and you have to take over. You know, you, you look back at this spring, we had four qualifying starting quarterbacks. You know, and that all boils down to us having to go with Mac. And it's just the ups and downs. It's, you, you looked at a situation, Gus, where it's a coaching staff, they're trying to find their way, and it's also um, players trying to figure out how to, you know, accumulate some wins. And Max falls into that. And look, I, I would be lying to you if I if I said, "Oh, I didn't I didn't think the kid did bad at all." I would be lying. But there's also times Drew Brees did bad, and Tom Brady did bad, and you know I'm naming these quarterbacks because you know guys are going to make their mistakes. There's a couple of times, you know, if we're going to criticize Max, let's not say, "Oh, the kid is terrible." Just say, "Hey, his timing is off." I mean, you're in the pocket. Find the nearest kid in the stands near the receiver uh, and just throw it, you know. But there's a couple of times of decisions he made. But it was a rough year for everyone. But at the very end of the day, it's about W's and L's. And we were able to get the win against the, the one loss, the one blemish on Alabama's schedule mm-hmm. is their loss to Texas A&M. And the fact that Max Johnson was a starting quarterback against Alabama and a starting quarterback against Texas A&M, and we ended up getting a win, it says a lot about him. So, I mean, he's a young kid. 
you're going to make those mistakes. I can remember a young Jared Lee making those mistakes. A young Matt Flynn. I can remember Jamarcus. You know, the list goes on of guys that make the mistakes, but, you know, that's the guy we went with, so you have to take him along with his flaws. Um, Damone Clark, man, I, I know Matt's touched on it and he brought up uh, his stats and essentially you think of like good linebackers and great ones, Devin White and his numbers and Clark's kind of blown pie those numbers in, in this regular season. Dude, how good is he? Like, especially he's, he just seems to have gotten better as the season continued, right? He did that, that player wore that number 18 to his full capacity. I watched this dude mess up. <laughs> So bad mm-hmm. in the UCLA game and legit got better every week after that, all the way up into this last game where he finished with 10 tackles, seven solos, two and a half sacks. I mean, he went insane. Got the guy took the team and put it on his back. Gus, he, he did. That team, I mean, just sucked all the life out of LSU football team. But that little bit of air that you left in is in number 18, in Damone Clark. And he, he, he's amongst the elite. I mean, I guess we're about to be LBU, too. Well, we had it along with DBU because, I mean, I saw the game yesterday, last night. Patrick Queen, the first drive, he made every play. You know, Devin White playing, playing to his full ability, pulling off a win against Indianapolis. I mean, I, I saw Ryan Clark tweet out, Damone Buckets. Another one of these LSU <laughs> linebackers <Right. laughs> that that's that's legit making a name for themselves. So good, good kid. I, I worked with him uh, this off season. We worked um, one of the youth camps out in Baton Rouge. Just an amazing personality, and his stock is through the roof. Yeah, it, it, it's man. You know, kind of look at it like that. You know, on that side of the ball, man. Again, there's a lot of criticism to go around this year. Offensive coordinator, you name it, but. How about the play of the defense? I do feel like they've gotten better, right, the last four or five weeks, don't you? I do, Gus. And I, I talk to Jaqueline Roy all the time. I'm so proud of him because Jaqueline takes takes the, um, constructive criticism from me. He never backmouths. He never say, man, nah, this and that. You know, I give him a hard time. Like, hey, bro, you going to wear that number 99. Hello, somebody. Mm-hmm. Better wear it right. And he's another kid, you know, out of you high came onto an LSU team that was fresh off of the national championship and, you know, got some playing time a little early as a freshman unexpectedly because of the nature of the COVID last year. Had to play a lot and has really been a staple on that D-line. I mean, outside of, you know, Neil Farrell's consistency in a run stop and, you know, Neil Farrell, another guy who's just really improved on that D-line this year for the Tigers. Jaqueline Roy has been that guy. He's someone you're going to hear mentioned in all SEC mentioned going into next season, and I'm just super proud of the player that he that he became. And, and look, Gus, that LSU defense is special. They can almost write a book about them this year. The ups, the downs, uh, even when they plateaued. But that piece after that Kentucky game has been super consistent with playing hard. They played to win every game. Our offense just couldn't develop the points. But our defense, you hold Alabama. Gus, let's, let's bring this into perspective. You hold Alabama to six yards rushing? Mm-hmm. Come on now. What, eight, six, eight yards rushing? So, so let me ask it, you, does Durante Jones, I mean, is that somebody that whoever the new coach is, you think deserves a second year? Yes, yes. Whoever the new coach is, they, they probably already have it in their mind. That's who they're rolling with. Because that's someone, let's bring 
Durante Jones to the front of the congregation for a second. That's somebody after the Ed Ogeron fire, he didn't take it. He got better as a coach. He figured out new ways to utilize the talent that he had and, and, and to exploit Alabama like that, to shut, to legit shut down Texas A&M to where we come up with a win, to hold them under some odd points. So I, I look at those things, Gus, and whoever the new guy is, you know, whether it's who, whomever. I, I don't know. So many names just being circul- that's circulating right mm-hmm. now, but they're going to take a serious look at that and the players. And that's why I told those guys, a couple of players when I talked to last week, look, don't take your foot off the pedal because, mm-hmm. you know, the land of the unknown still requires you to put forth the work effort to put yourself on the next level. So don't take it, oh, well, we didn't know who our coach was going to be. Whoever the new guy is, they, the, one of the first things that they're going to do Hey, Doug, look I need the film from last year. <laughs> yep, <laughs> look at the tape. Who played hard? No, yep. I mean, it is because I need to know, too, on depending on, right? I mean, that new coach comes in, and, and you know, I, I'm assuming, Marlon, it, it's those first one-on-one conversations with you, and you're going to want to find allies in your locker room. You're going to want to know who are the guys that played hard week in and week out, who are the guys that I can depend on, build around, Etc. things that nature. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you asked some of those players, what did you think of the coaches? Because one of the storylines was how poorly coached this team was. So I'm, I'm going to bring you in, Marlon. Marlon, how's, uh, how's Durante? Tell me. And if you go, man, I just could be honest with you. There, there's some games. I didn't know what we were doing. Then that's something I'm going to take into account. Right. Well, if you come in and go, I love coach. I love what he does. You know, like that, that I take into account. Don't I? Yeah, great point, Gus. A number of things which you just said, and you brought me down memory lane. The first thing I will mention is they are going to ask the players because that's going to – these are the guys you have regardless. Like these – well, there's a transfer portal. But for, nonetheless, these are the guys that's on scholarship. But, Gus, you, you brought me to a place. I dealt with a culture change at LSU. My first year we had Nick Saban. And then the next year, Coach Miles came in. You know what else helped? And this is going to matter to the player. Whoever comes in there – did the new coach recruit you in high school? That played a major role. True story. So, myself, Glenn Dorsey, I was with him this weekend, Tyson Jackson, all of these guys were recruited by Coach Miles at Oklahoma State, including me. Coach Miles came to my house, him and Coach Carl Dunbar came to Woodmere, sat down and talked with my parents. So, he didn't sit down with Skylar Green. And I hope Skylar don't mind me sharing the story, but Coach Miles kind of put those other receivers that he recruited mm. in front of Scholar. Right. So Scholar really had to eat off of special teams his last year. Coach Bre- uh, Pibato loved Scholar and had to deal with a new coach coming in trying to uh, 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 please his his new players, the guys sure. he recruited on that trail to, to, to continue, and they're going to be here with him. So you look at those things too. A, when a coach cut on the tape, did this guy go balls to the wall? Hey, let me see their attitudes after they announced that Coach Ed Ogeron wasn't going to be in. Let me see who's still playing for this team. And then, did I recruit this guy in high school? So those are two things. That put me in a different level. I, I was a starter for Coach Miles after Colin them left because he recruited me and he believed in me out of high school. So, I mean, these are the things that are, are going to come into consideration is going to play a major role uh, with whoever the new guy is. Final thing for you, sir, Thursday night. Saints, Cowboys. 
Look, here's the thing, man. I, look, you're not going to have your head coach, Mike McCarthy, already ruled out because of COVID-19. And I as many as eight <laughs> Cowboys players, more tests still to come. It, that's going to be tough there as they were. But we're still going to have some fun with that game, aren't we? We're going to have some fun. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to do this. So, so for the folks in New Orleans that's listening, I don't want y'all to think I'm a Saints head or nothing like that. I love my Saints. This team was blessed me with a Super Bowl ring, one of the greatest football experiences in my life. I love the Saints. Growing up as a kid, I love the Saints. We mm-hmm. played them boys this weekend. Sing it with me, Gus. The boys are back in town. It's all the time we got for Marlon Favorites. 232, you're well over your segment. Marlon, as always, I appreciate the time inside the trenches of the podcast. And, of course, you can be followed on Twitter at BigFave504. Thank you, buddy. The boys are back in town. That's it. That's it. <laughs> buddy, wrap it up. Put the music on. That's it. Oh, Saints and Cowboys on Thursday. Boy, did the Saints need a win. Um, thank you, Marlon. Appreciate it. Daniel Salerson, Pelicans Radio Network. He's in L.A. We'll talk to him next as the Pels take on the Clippers tonight on ESPN New Orleans. Sunrise in the blue skies Birds flying through paradise A little bit longer, another day stronger Somebody smiling down on me with those Warm days and cooler nights Friends and family and candlelight Feels like I've been running but something better's coming Don't want to have to wait and see This feels like home It's where I want to be and all the troubles that come and go can never take you away. This feels like life, like it's meant to be. Cause when I see you smiling, you know I can't deny it. Feels like coming home to me. This feels like home. Rouse's Markets knows there's no place like home for the holidays. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fansville, a college football utopia. Fansville. Where the lakes are stocked with ice-cold Dr. Pepper, and the autumn winds rustle with the sweet smell of football glory. And Dr. Pepper. It's a land flowing with onion dip, where even the food pyramid is shaped like a hot dog. Football. Where every yard gained is a yard worth celebrating, and every celebration is beyond excessive. With ice-cold Dr. Pepper. Return to glory this season with Fansville by Dr. Pepper. Grab some today. At Allstate, we've been saying you're in good hands for a long time. But what exactly does that mean? Does it mean you're protected from life's uncertainties? Does it mean you can worry less and live a little more? Does it mean you're not alone, even when things get kind of hard? Actually, yes. Yes, it does. You're in good hands with Allstate. Allstate and affiliates offer products and services subject to availability, terms, and conditions. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. Daniel Salerson, Bells Radio Network. 
at D. Salison's The Way to Follow over on Twitter. Joins us this afternoon from L.A. Sir, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Gus? How did you feel when that shot went down on Friday? Man, unbelievable. Just I was letting Todd do his thing. You know, what, a, what an incredible call by him. You know, it was nice to have one of those clutch moments that Devontae Graham comes up huge. I was like, holy crap, we're going to win this thing. You know, it looked <laughs> like we were going to win earlier. Right. And then, you know, Jazz came back. I'm like, here we go again. But, man, what an unbelievable win. It was nice to get one. That's a tough place to play. I'm glad you brought that up. Look, I just wanted to split. I, I, back to back, same team. That's, that's just hard, right? I mean, it's to think you're going to win too. And I thought of the two, that would probably be the one to go get just because you're going to have to spend so much energy. It's hard to come back the next day. And you saw that, Daniel. I think at one point they were what, 0 for 20, uh, from the three point yeah. line. But in that Friday game, Daniel, the three point shots were falling. Um, my goodness. I mean, Billy Hernan Gomez was incredible. I mean, just there were so many players that stepped up. Like, that legitimately felt like a really good game. Not that the Jazz lost it. The Pels went out there and won it. Yeah, they laid it out all out on the line. And I think you're right. You know, you had to at least split those two. And if you're going to get the, to get one, you might as well get the first one just because, like you said, you used so much energy and they used a lot of their energy to pull out that win. You know, the defenses were really impressed me. This is a Jazz team that was number two in offense heading into that game averaging 112 points per game, and you limit them to 97 points at home, I think everyone in that arena was just stunned by the way the Pelicans came out and continued to play. Sure. I mean, Devontae, uh, Donovan Mitchell was 6-21 of 21 from the field. Um, Rudy Gobert really wasn't that big of a factor. Um, it was just uh, an overall, you know, you talk about complete games. That was one of the most complete games. Even though the offense struggled a little bit, the fact that defensively they showed up was pretty incredible. One of the things that's interesting is, when when you look at not not only that game, um, but you you got a chance to speak with Antonio Daniels, and I was talking to you about this morning. I think he's so insightful to be able to give you that perspective from an inside player, uh, or or that insight from a former player. In specifics, that I, I've heard him talk a lot about Herbert Jones, and that plus minus is a number. A lot of times, analysts or people will talk about even fans here as well. But Daniel, when you look at things. With with Herbert Jones in particular, the plus minus, which is essentially the positive things that happen when a player's on the court as opposed to not. Am I kind of building it too much and saying he's almost darn near a player you can't afford to have off the court, which is remarkable to say about a rookie? No, it's crazy. You know, I was trying to dig into some numbers today, and you saw that defensively the team is allowing 12 less points for 100 possessions when Herb's on the court. That's I mean, crazy. that's just a huge difference from a guy. And I actually talked about that with, with AD on the podcast. And he just says, for him, the speed of the game does not bother him right now. And for a lot of rookies, that's probably their biggest transition from college to the NBA is the, trans- the speed of the game. And defensively is the hardest part to learn. You know, offense, you're able to get your shots. Um, eventually, but the defense in all the schemes, especially Herb, who can guard one through five, I mean, that's the hardest thing to do, but he continues to put in the work. He's a smart basketball player. He puts pressure on the, you, you know, the best player on the opposing team. And he says that's what he relies on. He goes, my teammates rely on me on the play defense, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So for him, it's the mindset, too, that, you know, probably a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, 35th overall, yeah. thinking, I'm better than 35th overall. I'm going to show you all. And he's got 11 steals in his last three games. He's set his career high in uh, two of those three games. I mean, 11 steals in his last three. The guy's all over the place, but I think the speed of the game, he's uh, he's not afraid of that. He's been up for the challenge, and that's been showing here lately. 
And Daniel, I guess that starts with me. You always hear coaches say that, huh, Daniel? After a game and they yeah. don't win, it starts to me. Maybe it does start with me because, and you know what? You, you can join in too. Maybe we need to stop referring to him as a second round pick because his coach said at the time he knew he was better than guys who were going in the first round. And for a second round pick, he was the SCC player of the year and defensive player of the year. So he was a major conference's best player. Maybe I should not refer to him as a second-round pick. Just be like, this guy is good enough. I mean, he was the SEC player of the year. Yeah, you're starting to see him in rookie rankings, you know, and that's because of his defense. His offense really hasn't stood out yet, but you see it improving um, each game. I think he's a little more comfortable driving to the rim, but you're right. I think we should start saying one of the best rookies in the game right now. I mean, the way he's playing just defensively, and again, that stuff goes a long way because when you talk about rookies, you're not really talking about their defensive presence, Mm -hmm. but – there have been a few rookies out there with Davion Mitchell from the Kings, Herbert Jones uh, for the Pelicans. You know, some of these guys have taken that mindset of, if I'm going to make it in this league, you know, maybe start with the defense side of the ball and then focus sure. on the offense. And that's how you're going to stay in this league for a long time. Um, two final things for you, Daniel. I know you're busy. you got to get ready for the game here, a.k.a. is going to go hang out at the beach. No, you're not. You're working. I wish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's nice. That's what I always said. Everyone's like, how was Denver? I'm like, I, we had like one three-hour period out of four days. I mean, that's, 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 it's not like I hung, hung out in the mountains. I wasn't John Denver. Um, right. Here, here's the thing, dude. I think this is a big game. And I say that because you beat the Clippers once. There's always that revenge factor. But – it's all how you look at things. We're going to end with the latest on Zion, but I want to kind of go into it like this. If you get this one, you're coming into this game winning two of your last three. If you get this one, you come back home to face the Mavericks winning three of your last four. At some point, you're going to have to play above 500 ball if you want to even sniff the, the, the 10 spot, right? So I think this is a key game, man. If you can go two and three on the road, that, that might give – a sense to that team and also the fan base, hey, the start of the turnaround is coming. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a very winnable game as much as you're thinking, wow, it's the Clippers. But they're coming off the back-to-back, but they also are going to be ready because, one, they did not like how they played against the Pelicans scoring 81 points last week. But also they got their behind kick yesterday against the Golden State Warriors, which I think every team is doing, so they shouldn't feel bad about that. But this Clippers team is struggling on offense. They're right now one of the worst efficient teams offensively in the NBA. You don't have Kawhi Leonard. Um, it's been a lot of Paul George, and you know you can't really rely on some of the other guys that you have been doing. So, um, But they're also number two in defensive efficiency, so they really lock down defensively um, against you. So this is a game that the Pelicans cannot go over 20 from three. That's really going to be the yeah. biggest thing that comes out. you got to start shooting the basketball better. They're 0-7 when they hit less than 10 threes in a game. And so clearly the three-point shooting is something that's going to happen. But, again, you're facing one of the best the perimeter defensive teams in the NBA. So, yeah, if you, you got to come out strong. you can't. You got to tr- take care of the basketball. Uh, this is a Clippers team that also has turned the ball over a ton this season, five games of 20 or more turnovers this season, which already eclipses last year's total for them in the whole regular season. So for the Pelicans, aggressive on defense and got to make some shots on offense. But you're right, this could be a big way your first winning road trip of the yeah. season and come home for just one quick game against Dallas and face them twice this week um, could give Pelicans a little bit of momentum as they wait for Zion. Well, that's where we're going to wrap up with because over the weekend we did get some news. Uh, the medical update, sir. So he's going to practice, right? It was December 2nd. Was that what Willie Green said over the weekend will be their, their first or their next practice day? Yeah, looks like it because 
You know, today was a shoot-around day. Tomorrow's sure. an off day as we travel back from Los Angeles. Game on Wednesday. And then, yeah, the next practice. That's the crazy thing with our schedule is that it's not leaving a lot of time for practice time. So that's probably when the next time he's going to get a full practice in Thursday. So when you look at that, it's for him to kind of be able to go against like his full team, right? Is that That's the, the key here. And you probably have to imagine a handful of those to see how he responds, how he goes. So... It is around the corner, though, Daniel. Not, I don't. It's not going to be the end of the month. No, you think it's hopefully a couple of weeks. Again, that's just me purely guessing. But you're right. It, he's got to do some five-on-five contact. He's got to run up and down the floor and basically play. I'm sure they'll scrimmage a little bit. That's going to be the biggest stuff for, for him in these next couple of weeks is, one, how he does during those and how mm-hmm. his body reacts afterwards. So, yeah, it's going to be a very important couple of weeks for him as he gets closer and closer. But uh, I know everyone's itching for him to be back, including him. So he's been on the road with the team uh, during this whole time and then getting in some practice work with them too. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to see how things ramp up there on Thursday. Wednesday and Friday, one here, one there. Dallas, so when you take a look at the standings, um, you know, again, it's interesting that a team is in the fourth spot. It, look, and you mentioned them right now, the Warriors. Them and the Suns right now are in another level, aren't they? I mean, they really are. But when you look at the rest of the West, look, the Jazz are 13 and 7. Pell split with them. Let's see what the Mavericks are. They're 10 and 8 with the fourth spot. The Clippers, 11 and 9 in the fifth spot. The Lakers, they're in the sixth spot at 11, 11, and 500. It's kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the season, Daniel. I think there are enough decent teams that night in and night out, if you don't play well, you're going to lose. And I do think that's a good thing if you're the Pelicans because I think every night you have a shot. Once Zion comes in for sure, you play well. And in other words, you're not 20 games out right now of the 10th spot. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's also frustrating, though, because you are, you know, you're 5-17, and 17, but imagine if you, you know, were even 8-13 and 13 or whatever. You're right in the thick of things. So, you're right. It just takes a little bit more than a two-game winning streak, and eventually they're going to have to do that, whether it's yeah. Zion or not. So, with the schedule, the Pelicans have had the toughest schedule through week six, so it hasn't been easy on them. So, maybe as the schedule lines up, go to the win. All right, we'll see. Thank you, D. We'll hear you uh, coming up at 9 o'clock, sir. Yep, get some coffee. It's going to be a late one tonight. <laughs> Daniel Salerson's away. At D. Salerson's away. Follow him on Twitter. 9 o'clock, the pregame. And then uh, 9.30. It's the graph, and he will have the call at 9.30 right here on ESPN New Orleans. Final segment next. In the aftermath of Hurricane Ida, it is obvious that our community has taken a big hit. As we all rebuild and come together in the best of ways, the way we do it in South Louisiana, helping our neighbors, family, and especially local businesses, Home Attractor and John Deere would like to thank all of our customers for their business, supporting, and understanding while we work through the damage with plans to be better than ever as a business and a community. Home Attractor is open for business and here to serve our community. We have new John Deere equipment to help get the work done. Home Attractor at the foot of the tunnel on the east side. Offshore workers are among the most important members of the Gulf Coast workforce. When a person working offshore or on a vessel is injured, the effects on their family can be devastating. At the King Firm, we are proud to have experience with these types of cases and make it a priority to see that our clients receive just compensation and are treated fairly. If you've been injured, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. Ring the King at 504-909-KING or 888-241-8766. Not feeling well and unsure about what's open for healthcare in the South Lafourche area? Lady of the Sea currently has options. 
Emergency services are open 24-7 in our new location at 104 West 134th Street, across the street from the hospital. And our two family medical clinics open in La Rose and cut off weekdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. All of our locations are offering COVID-19 vaccinations and flu vaccinations. Don't sit home feeling poorly. Seek quality health care from Lady of the Sea. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. on football news, uh, golf news, Tiger Woods is going to be at an event tomorrow at a um, a golf tournament there. Again, the new season doesn't start until January and stuff, but in an interview with Golf Digest, they just released some excerpts saying essentially that he says, um, I think something that is realistic is playing the tour one day, never full-time ever again, but pick and choose just like Mr. Hogan did, Ben Hogan, of course. It's an unfortunate reality, but it's my reality. Understand it, and I accepted it. So we'll see how many. I'm assuming majors, right? Next year he'll try for the Masters and things of that nature as he continues to recover from that car wreck. Uh, If you want to hear that podcast, by the way, with the Pelicans, and you go to pelicans.com, Lee Salerson, Daniel Salerson, I'm sure will... Retweet that as well. Again, his conversation with Antonio Daniels touching on a handful of topics there as well. Again, I, I like to see what the Pels are going to do. So, no, well, I don't know. Garland Gillen, Fox 8. He says uh, he projects LSU in the matchup to be with BYU in the Independence Bowl. The bowl game in Shreveport is December 18th at 2.30 as... Brett McMurphy, the stadium, started pulling out a bunch of different projections. LSU Hoops also will be in town playing La Tech on the same day. So, again, that's why that win was so important as well, right? To have, more than anything, a opportunity to go bowling. It's extra practice time for some guys. And, look, you always want to end on a positive note. So I kind of hinted to this a little bit, why maybe I was as excited or as confident that I think you're going to see a Saints win Thursday. A, seeing Ingram and, and Kamara back at practice, yeah, that does help the confidence, doesn't it? Also, though, again, seeing you know reports that Bill you know, Hill was taking some snaps yesterday. Well, Ian Rappaport. Sources. The Saints appear poised to make a quarterback change. Taysom Hill is taking first-team reps this week in practice in preparation to face the Cowboys. Trevor Simeon is taking number two reps. Again, as I was saying to a lot of different people that kept texting during the last several games for the Saints, the fact that Taysom Hill didn't take a snap, didn't run a play, didn't line up at all, he wasn't healthy. There is no way you think Sean Payton would sit there with this team currently in the playoff mix and up until this last loss actually holding a playoff spot would just sit there and watch an offense just go scoreless for quarters you don't think at the very least even if he thought Simeon was his guy that he would have Hill take a snap line up and catch a pass do something he wasn't healthy wasn't healthy And I do think, 
if he doesn't get concussed, that injury takes place, I think Taysom Hill is your starting quarterback. And again, that's not me saying one guy is ready to this or right. It's simple. At the beginning of the season, Sean Payton said there were two people competing for the starting role at quarterback. It was Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. It was not Trevor Simeon. But that's why you have a guy like Trevor Simeon on. And I'm looking at the comments in Rappaport's, you know, tweet and give Rap, you know, give Ian Book a chance. Again, Trevor Simeon knows the playbook enough. He's a vet, knows the defenses, wasn't rattled when he came into the game when Jameis got hurt. And he has struggled to get a win. He has struggled to get this offense into the end zone, much less points, as in field goals. What do you think Ian Book's going to do? I'm not ripping the kid. I, I'd like to see him next year compete for a role in the backup or something of that nature, and let's see where he is. But again, you have a defense like they have. Yeah, they play all spot up until recently. Have you watched the Jets? Or Jags, I mean, that that's what Ian Booker would be. And he's not Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. I, I just, I'm just being honest. Like, you, there, there's the phrase, being fed to the wolves, and there's just something wrong with you. Why do you want to see that? I mean, like, it's, I mean, I could be completely wrong, and he could come in and just light it up. I doubt it, though. Like, you're, you're, you're asking for a lot. You would be asking for a lot. But... It looks like Taysom Hill. Again, I can't imagine this is, you know, gamesmanship taking it. You're past that. You've lost four straight. Now, as I told you at the beginning of the show, not made available yesterday, not on the list today. It can sort of deduce what coach is doing. Okay? So, if Kamara, Hill, and Inger are back... They don't have Ezekiel Elliott, a couple of coaches, including the head coach due to COVID. I feel confident the Saints losing streak will end. you got to go out there and do it, though. So we'll talk more about that, and we'll hear from some players. Matt Moscone is up next, and I'm sure you want to hear what he has to say about the head coaching search. So I will shut up and hand it off to Baton Rouge. You've been listening to a sports hangover in ESPN New Orleans. know the arrow in Amazon's logo represents A to Z? Maybe the My Computer Career logo should represent unemployed to employed. Ryan was out of work when he started classes in March. In September, he started his IT career working for Amazon, making more money than he ever thought possible. Here's a prime